1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show at Championship Pod, which is our new Twitter page. And you can also follow my personal Twitter, which is at
2: underscore James Vickers. Hello, my name is Louis Shackshaft. Um, I'm a Sheffield Wednesday fan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Louis shackshaft or visit my website, louisshackshaft.com uh, where I regularly post Sheffield Wednesday statistics uh, and the occasional blog or article I, I do for different publications.
3: Hi, I'm Russ Goldman, the host of Cottage Talk, a podcast all about phone football club. You can follow me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also at the Twitter account for Cottage Talk, simply Cottage Talk.
1: Yeah, cheers for joining me today, guys, especially you, Russ. It was last minute getting you on, so uh, glad to have you. Um, Came off
3: the bench for this. Yeah, so I'll um,
1: I'll pass it over to you, obviously, two sets of... uh, games this week. We had midweeks and then also the ones this weekend. If you want to start reading out the uh, the results from midweek and we'll sort of discuss from there.
3: Absolutely. Here we go. Let's start with Tuesday, February 20th. We're going to start with Brentford's huge win, 5-0 against Birmingham. That's followed up by the 1-1 draw between Aston Villa and Preston North End. And you have Burton Albion beating Barnsley 2-1. Then let's go to Middlesbrough beating Hull City 3-1. Here's a result that uh, I think we should be talking about this team in this show. I, it's funny because one of my co-hosts of Cottage Talk brought up how well this team's playing. Millwall beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1. to Nottingham Forest and Reading play to a 1-1 draw. Sheffield United beat QPR 2-1. to And Bolton beat Sunderland 1-0. That was Tuesday's matches. And then on Wednesday, we have Wolves and North City playing to a 2-2 draw. Bristol City and Fulham play into a 1-1 draw. Cardiff City beating Ipswich on the road 1-0, and then you have the 2-2 draw between Derby County and Leeds. James, I'm going to start with you. Which uh, team impressed you in these midweek matches?
1: Yeah, there were a couple, really. Um, Obviously, the result that stands out on paper, but we've sort of come to expect it, is uh, Brentford beating Birmingham 5-0. They're I'd imagine as a Brentford fan, they're quite a frustrating team to watch. One week, you know, they can put five past Birmingham, but then the other week, sort of, they're struggling against a sort of lower team in the table. So definitely when they're on song, which they seem to be on Tuesday night, you know, they're an absolutely fantastic team to watch. But um, the main game that I want to sort of focus on from midweek is an. It- Probably on paper when you looked at the fixtures wouldn't have been the game that stood out for you is the Bolton-Sunderland game. Obviously a massive game down at the foot of the table Um, and probably we're getting to the stage of the season now where the old cliche of six-pointers starts to get thrown around and I think this was really, um, there was one obviously this weekend which we'll get to in a bit, probably the first big six-pointer down at the foot of the table and obviously Bolton coming out with the 1-0 win, Zach Clough scoring early in the first half and, you know, that's massive for Bolton. They've climbed, I think it's four points clear of the relegation zone now and hopefully they can start to look up rather than sort of back down over their shoulders. Sunderland on the other hand, though, you know, we talked the other week about how they came back from 3-0 down against Bristol City and managed to scrape the draw and, and was that the turn of the corner for them to start picking up more points and it. It looks as anything that they've gone back to how they have been, you know, foot at the table, two points adrift from Burton, and three or four points from safety now, and it's definitely worrying times for Sunderland. But, you know, Bolton, fantastic to win there, and hopefully they can use that momentum now to sort of climb a bit further up the table.
3: Okay, very good. Uh, I know I brought this up, James, because, again, my co host said this to me, because this is a team that we really haven't talked that much about lately, at least on on my show, Cottage Talk, and I, I don't know how much you guys have been talking about Millwall, but what are your thoughts about their rise lately?
1: Yeah, when we played them um, about a month ago now, just after Christmas down at the Den, they took me by surprise, obviously. I'd seen where they were in the table, they were sort of... Lower half-ish of mid-table, you know, having a, a decent season in their uh, their first season back in the championship. But, you know, as of late, and I'm sort of pulling up their form now, they've been on a great run. You know, they won again they this weekend, which we'll, we'll cover again. And I think that's now um, three wins on the bounce. And obviously before that, they had a draw at Cardiff. So, you know, getting good results and... We always talk about, after Christmas, there's a team that really sort of come out of nowhere and put a run together and challenge, or if not, get in the playoffs. And, you know, looking at Millwall now, they're only six points outside the playoffs and they're a point behind Leeds United, who sort of a month or two ago, we were all talking about potentially them pushing on for top two and been in and around the playoffs. So it's testament to sort of how well they're playing. They've not got sort of the most exciting squad in the division, but what they are doing is play into their strengths and they're one of the real sort of together teams if if that makes sense in the division where oh. there's no real sort of standout names any sort of star power but it's a group of lads You know, they'll give 110% week in, week out, and they're they're reaping the rewards for that. And, you know, as a Preston fan, I'm beginning to look over my shoulder a bit now with sort of the the chasing pack, the likes of, obviously, Ipswich, who I'll get on to, uh, we played at the weekend, Millwall, and to some extent Brentford as well, who have been there or thereabouts, but they're all starting to sort of close the gap on the the few teams that were initially chasing the playoffs. And it, it looks really now, Millwall included, that it's going to be sort of a... A seven or eight team race for those sort of last one or two playoff spots. So it's, uh, it's definitely going to be exciting come the end of the season to see who does get there.
3: Okay. Very good. I'm glad that we're talking a little bit about them because I've been impressed with this run that they're on. And I th- think it's a good team to, to just mention. And, uh, like you said, the, now you're looking over your shoulder to a team like them who's now, uh, doing a nice job. Louis, who impressed you in these midweek matches?
2: Well, I'm not impressed that we're talking about Millwall because that's the team that beat (laughs) Sheffield Wednesday, obviously. So, uh, yeah, we were quite quite flat in that game. We went 1-0 ahead, but uh, Millwall deserves to win. But it's interesting because I know uh, James picked a team essentially a a six-pointer and and I've picked completely different teams and and I've divided it into who impressed me the most and and, and, and the win win in the midweek games. Um, So the team what actually impressed me most was Norwich and I've picked Norwich because... After 25 minutes, they were 2-0 down at Wolves, and uh, they actually managed to scrape a 2-2 draw, and they scored in the 94th minute to ruin the day for Wolves and their fans. Um, So I've actually picked Norwich away from home to come back and get a point at Wolves, and we all know how well Wolves are doing this season, so I thought they did really well to, like I say, get the point there. Uh, But the actual uh, win of the day, um, I've picked... There were, three, there were three results which stood out for me. That was Brentford winning 5-0 against Birmingham. We all know Birmingham are struggling, but to still put five past them, I thought, you know, Brentford are always good at home, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ollie Watkins, and he managed to score a brace. Uh, Cardiff, 10, you know, they just keep winning and winning, and yep. they're scraping 1-0 wins at the minute. They beat Ipswich on the road, so fair play to them. But my win of the day, I've actually chose Burton Albion. Like you mentioned, a six-pointer... James, I've gone for Burton Albion's victory at Barnsley, winning 2-1. Uh, yes, like we mentioned, six-pointer. and Although Burton is still in 23rd position, without that victory, they'd have been at the foot of the table and pretty much down and out below Sunderland. So that's kept them alive, if you like, even though it's at the foot of the table. So I'm going to go for my most... Imp- most impressive result was Norwich coming from 2 nil down, but Burton Albion taking the win of the day away at Barnsley.
3: That's a great take there, Louis. Uh, very interesting you had me thinking about that because uh, both of you talking about matches with uh, teams that that are at the bottom and, uh, and finding ways to get victories, it's very important. So I'm glad that you were talking about Burton Albion and, of course, Louis talking about Bolton. Uh, I'm sorry, James was talking about Bolton. For me... I'm going to say the team that impressed me and unfortunately continues to impress me and shock me is Cardiff City. I think Cardiff City getting this win on the road against Ipswich Town is huge, and they followed that up over the week. Well, actually, today, we're we're recording this on Sunday. They followed that up with a victory at home, a win at home, and uh, they just keep winning. They keep finding ways to win. Uh, Close matches, and that's a sign of a good team, so I have to give it to Neil Warnock. I can't stand him personally. That's just me. <laughs> uh, don't like his style. Don't like uh, his way that he uh, he approaches uh, these matches. I just don't like much about Neil Warnock. That's just my personal thing with him. I, I don't like someone that that is like that uh, during matches. Don't like the way that he presents himself. But you have to give it to him because he's getting the results and uh, his team plays for him, so... He deserves credit, even though I don't personally like him. But I'll give them the um, the win of the uh, midweek matches. So let's now transition. Let's let's go to the weekend matches and get your thoughts on that. And James, I'm going to go right back to you. We have to start Friday with Howell City's 1-0 victory over Sheffield United. Then on Saturday, we're going to Saturday now, we United beat Brentford 1-0. And then you have North City and Bolton playing a goalless draw. Then you have Ipswich Town beating Preston North End 1-0. Uh, after that, we have Redding's and Darby's 3-3 draw. Nottingham Forest beat QPR 5-2. Middlesbrough and Sutherland play to a 3-3 draw. Aston Villa beat Sheffield Wednesday 4-2 on the road. Millwall again continues to win like we're talking about. They beat Burton Albion 1-0 on the road. Bronsley on the road as well, beat Birmingham City 2-0. And Fulham at Craven Cottage upset the team in first, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2-0. Then today on Sunday when we're recording this, Cardiff City again finds a way to win and beats Bristol City 1-0. James, I'm going to start with you. What was the best win of the weekend for you?
1: Yeah, there was a couple, really. Obviously, quite a lot of high-scoring games this weekend, which I think caught many people by surprise. I think Nottingham Forest's win at QPR uh, was a very good win, even though those two teams we sort of haven't really talked about, mainly because they're sort of clear at the relegation zone and don't look like they're going to sort of catch the the chasing pack at the playoffs. But, you know, obviously, great to go away from home anywhere and, and score five goals. So, definitely a good win for Nottingham Forest. I think, and as you mentioned earlier, it's another win for Millwall away at yep. Burton. So good result for them. The one that I was going to sort of focus on was Barnsley, obviously, another six-pointer down the bottom, uh, getting a 2-0 win away at Birmingham, which I think it was Oli McBurnie scored both the goals and chatting to Rob, who's the Barnsley fan, who comes on the podcast, if they'd had him, Signed in the the summer transfer window that they wanted to, but I think there was a problem with the fax machine or something needed rebooting, which, you know, in this day and age still beggars belief that we're doing everything via fax for transfers. (laughs) You know, it could be completely different for them. So to go away from home against a team that is struggling in and around them, um, especially after their result in midweek, is massive for them. And, you know, hopefully they can start to turn a corner now. The other game that I want to focus on, and obviously I'd, I'd imagine you'd have quite a lot to say about it, Russ, is obviously Fulham's win against Wolves. Uh, for the last few weeks, and I know you hate me saying it because I'm sort of getting ahead of myself for you, yeah. I, th- I do think that you're going to really have a good push at that top two, um, and i Still do think it'll be you and Wolves that go up automatic. And, you know, that was a massive statement. Right, James, statement.
3: I don't want to hear that. You're right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that was a massive statement of intent for you to to beat Wolves. You know, they've not been on a bad run, but they haven't been winning as many games recently, Wolves, as as they would have liked to. But, you know, right. they're that far clear at the top that they're allowed a little slip up here and there. But, yeah, Fulham, you know, Sessegnon scoring again. Uh, you know, it's, it seems to be a recurring theme every week that we're singing his praises on this podcast Um you know he's been absolutely magnificent this season, and then Mitrovic as well, getting another goal to follow up on the goal he got in midweek. You know, great for you again. And uh, I know we were talking off air with Jake, who used to be on the podcast last season, who supports Newcastle, and you were saying you know how well he's done for you, and
3: it really has. Potentially
1: <laughs> like to keep him. So yeah, that that'd be the sort of the, the couple of games from the weekend that I'd focus on. Obviously, I want to stay as far away from Preston's result as possible.
3: <laughs> I understand. Louis, how about yourself?
2: Yeah, I mean, James has put it perfectly. We we, we don't seem to uh, go a podcast now we we're out mentioning Fulham, and it's all praise to them, and obviously your team must, uh, because I've simply wrote down the team what's impressed me, and the win of the weekend was Fulham's victory against Wolves. And like we say, we're talking about Sessingian all the time. He's bagged another goal, increasing his value, and we've talked about that on a previous podcast, but I'm sure his value is just going up and up. And Mitrovic, I think you've managed to get him A perfect time, and he's he's one of them players where some of your strikers do go stale at this time of the season. And he's bagged a couple of goals, so fair play to Fulham. Um, They keep, you know, I think the second in the form table, and I can see them maybe not potentially catching, obviously not Wolves, but the, the second-place spot. But if, if they can keep this form going into the playoffs, they're certainly going to be one of the favourites. So, yeah, I mean, the, the other two games what stood out for me, again, because to keep winning, and it was against Bristol City, was Cardiff's victory 1-0. Uh, they've got a four-point gap over Aston Villa still now, and, and they keep surprising me because I've always said all season that Cardiff Potentially could drop off and they're just not doing.
0: No, so with twelve
2: not. games to go, yeah, they simply c- could finish in that second spot, and they would still surprise me if they did that. Uh, and then the other team, I thought that with with Forest struggling of late, that to go and score five goals away from home at QPR, uh, winning five two, Lee Tomlin managed to score a brace as well. Uh, uh, that game stood out for me. But all in all, you can't look past. I don't think you can look past Fulham this weekend.
3: Oh, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate the praise of uh, my club. It's been a, an exciting time for uh, Fulham, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. And, no, I I don't want to talk about second place. I want to focus on one match at a time. It's funny because we were talking about on Cottage Talk that Slavisa Jokanovic has pretty much taken that mantra, one match at a time, and that's the way it should be. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Let's just focus on the next match, which is Darby County and I agree with that, and I got caught up in a little bit about talking about second place. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm just going to focus on the next match and see where it takes us. But this now goes back to following up what you guys are talking about, which team impressed the most, and I have to go back to. I said it in midweek, and I'm going to say it again uh, today. have to say that I am impressed with Cardiff City because finding ways to win, that's the marker of a very good team. Brighton and the Hove Albion. Did it for uh, all of last season, and now Neil Warnock is is doing it for his team at Cardiff City, just finding a way. And that's all you need to do. And uh, because you're going to be presented with many challenges, and to win both of these matches, and with a team like Fulham on a roll, they continue to win, and they make it difficult for a team like mine to get to second place even though i just said i don't want to talk about it of course i'm being a hypocrite there but uh the bottom line is that cardiff city needs to be taken seriously as a team that can get second place i don't want to do it but i have to do it because that's what's what i'm seeing in front of me and i have to give them the credit so can
0: i just
2: point out as well russ cardiff um cardiff the team in the league who have conceded the least goals, so they've even conceded yeah. less than Wolves. They've only conceded 27 in 34 games, which is is crazy. Start to say yes. that they're not even conceding one a game. So fair play to them.
3: Absolutely, and again, that's a mark of a good team that does not leak goals. That is very difficult to break down. They are, and they give themselves a chance to win each and every match. And if, if it starts there and they play the way that Warnock wants them to play, they're gonna be a difficult out the rest of the way. That's why I see them as a a team that, even though I thought they were gonna drop off,
0: they might not. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Having, I can't remember who I was having the conversation with last week on the podcast. Would you sort of, obviously, Reading last season were a team that kind of went under the radar and managed to just keep sort of picking up points here and there and eventually just missed out on automatic promotion and, and were in the playoffs. Do you see Cardiff as almost like the Reading of this season where they may not have the best squad in the division, but they, they're all buying into, obviously, Warnock's philosophy and, and managing to grind out results?
3: It's interesting uh are they reading in some ways they're reading because they are buying into everything that he's talking about but my only you know again I think the difference is that Warnock has a, a longer track record James meaning that his style has uh, has worked several seasons whereas Jopstam was uh w- was uh, putting together a system that worked for one season, but has not worked for another. So I look at them as that even if they don't get promoted, I think they would have to be one of the favorites to get promoted next season.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you know he's, he's built a real solid foundation there, and I think if yeah,
3: that's my uh, point. Yeah. yeah, if
1: if they don't go up this season, I think you know a couple of additions. I don't in think the they're going to do a reading. Yeah, no, I, I don't either. I think obviously reading. I wouldn't say they got lucky getting to where they did last season because obviously it's not just a one game thing; it's over the course of a season. But I think definitely, you know, Cardiff have the better sort of long term infrastructure in place. That if they don't go up this season, you know, potentially next season or the season after, we could be talking about them as you know one of the teams to potentially win the league. To uh, just to go back on to to Fulham. next, Russ. Obviously, there was an interview with Tom Kearney that came out this week, and it was Louis, actually, who sort of alerted me to it, where he said that playing in front of TV cameras makes not necessarily him just as an individual, but the team raise their game. Do you see that as sort of a reason why Fulham are doing well, that they're sort of all out to impress, and you know, even if they don't go up, people like Sessegnon and and, and Kearney, for example, uh, you know, playing almost with one eye on sort of a summer transfer or something like that. How do you sort of see his comments and what would be your opinion on it?
3: Yeah. My opinion on that is that I don't see this particular team looking at that way. I know what he had said, but I see them, you know, being on, uh, uh, you know, being on uh, the big stage, I think every player wants to be on the big stage. And uh, I think, you know, it gives a chance to show what the team can do. I don't think that he's looking at it as uh, something that he can do personally. I think he's looking at it as a bigger picture. But for me, I don't think uh, playing uh, on uh, on national television was uh, you know helpful positively or hurt them negatively because again, they played wolves on national TV and uh, earlier in the season and got. Destroyed two 0 so it can work both ways. Uh, you have to have the right mentality. I don't know. How, I don't know if it helps you raise your game. I think that you have to be able to play. You know, if you're playing uh, in front of say five thousand mm-hmm. people or playing in front of millions, meaning that that the television cameras are are w- watching you. Um, I think you got to do that as a team. It, 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 if you're talking about individual players raising their game. I don't know if that's full, my I, because I see them playing together as a unit. So, but but you know that's the way I took it, James.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think with obviously like supporting Preston, I always dread every time we get announced as being a team that are on TV cause
3: I'm there with you. I don't like it to be. honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, we always you know the crowds are lower because people stay home and watch it on TV, and it, it always seems to be us on the receiving end of either. You know, a, an embarrassing defeat or something goes wrong. There was a game going back to the year we got relegated. It was actually against Sheffield Wednesday, so it'd be funny to see if you uh, remember it, Louis, where we had Graham Wesley in charge at the time. And
2: it certainly got, rings a bell, mate. It rings a yeah, bell, we, we got
1: absolutely battered. He played, I think at the time, it was our sixth choice centre-back up front for the whole 90 minutes. It wasn't a case of the last 10 minutes chasing the game, putting him up front. He, he started him up front. And then after the game, they asked him why he did it, and he basically came out and said that a couple of the players had texted some Sheffield Wednesday players to the team the night before, um, so he had no choice but to change sort of the lineup, which you know didn't really make any sense. Then that he put a uh, <laughs> a sick choice centre back up front for the game. So sort of my experience of of either players raising their game or sort of our. Successes on TV are quite sort of minimal. There's only really been the playoffs where we got promoted from League One, where it seems to go right on TV for us. Everything else is either sort of an embarrassing defeat or quite a boring, you know, draw. So you know, I I don't particularly enjoy playing on TV, and it certainly isn't the case sort of from the outside looking in that the Preston players managed to to raise their game. And playing on TV. But sort of to go back to the obviously the playoff races sort of hotting up now that I mentioned earlier, there's realistically about six or seven teams outside the playoffs who could, you know, catch the sort of the chasing pack. Obviously you've got Bristol in sixth place and then right down to Millwall in twelfth who are only six points behind. How do you two both see, first of all, the the playoff picture looking come the end of the season, which teams do you think could get in there? And is there going to be a team from say Millwall or Leeds down in the 11th or 12th that could surprise everyone and sneak in at the last minute. Uh, I'll start with you first up with this Louis. Uh,
2: for me mate uh, to be honest I think the gap this season in the championship is it's kind of similar to that of the Premier League you've got Wolves flying away with it like your Man City and then you've got four or five more, and I think simply now that there's only the sixth spot available where someone can sneak in. Um, So if I'm honest, the teams what are particularly in in the playoff spots as they are now, uh, below Cardiff in second, Aston Villa, Derby, Fulham, I think they are going to stay where they are. Obviously, they they might change around position, but they'll finish third, fourth and fifth. And I think from Bristol City, who are in sixth, down to, I would say, probably Leeds in 11th, there is a five-point gap. And I think between Bristol City, Middlesbrough, Sheffield United, Preston, Brentford and Leeds, any one of those teams could take that sixth spot. Um, And that's why I mentioned the Premier League, because... It's very there's, there's leagues within leagues in the Premier League. I mean, this season, it's the, the bottom ten in that league, and then you've got another five, another four, and then Man City running away with it. And it's, it's kind of happened in, in the Championship for the first time in many years, that. And uh, I can see that happening this year, whereby there's only six, six spots to play for, and there's potentially four, five, six teams going for that spot. Uh, now, regarding the playoff race, if I'm honest... The team, dare I say it, who I think may actually get into that sixth spot, I'm going to actually say Leeds United. I think that for some reason, since they brought Heckingbottom in, you know, he didn't win his first couple of games. But I think with 12 games to go, he might just hit that spot where they hit that run of form, even if they win six, seven, eight more games in the remainder of the season. And I can just see him maybe on the last day sneaking in um I'm not saying by all means that they're gonna go up this season via the playoffs. because I certainly think Villa Derby and Fulham are a stronger team than Leeds but I could see them nicking it if I'm honest but I'd love to hear what you guys have got to say on that
3: well yeah, I'm looking at the teams around and uh I understand why you went there because uh, you make a very good argument for Leeds uh because I I rate heckenbot a great deal so I understand why you mentioned that I Can't get past Middlesbrough with that talented team. Uh, That's the reason why I'm just sticking with them. I think that they can get in there ahead of Bristol City. I think that's the team for me. I could be wrong. I could also see Preston. I know, James, listen, you're certainly still in the mix there. You could definitely get in there. There's an argument for almost every single one of these teams. Brentford, hot and cold. Brentford could get a hot streak, and they could get in there. So it's really up for grabs. That's what's great about the championship. It's so close. And that sixth spot could go to one of, say, six teams. Yeah, definitely. I think
1: the thing that fills me with a bit of doubt with Preston is our sort of inability to turn draws into wins. And over the last couple of games, even though we've had sort of on paper good points against the likes of Brentford, Aston Villa, and Wolves, and then, you know, disappointing to lose yesterday those games we've taken the lead in all three of them so obviously on, on one hand you know draws against those three teams you know were a great result for for people looking in um from the outside but you know to, to take the lead in all of them and, and not uh, even a, in at least one come away with with three points is a bit disappointing so I think this season we you know unless we do put a run together and start finding the back of the net we'll be a bit short but I think you know Brentford uh, As I said earlier, one of those teams that if they're playing well on the day, they can give anyone a game. I think the top five, as it is at the moment, obviously the order could change, but I think, you know, Fulham, Derby, Villa, Cardiff and Wolves will be the top five come the end of the season. And, you know, I'm sort of looking down and, you know, you can make a case really for sort of any of that five or six in the chasing pack. You know, Bristol are are the ones in the driving seat at the moment, you know, two points ahead of Middlesbrough. Um, Sheffield United have been there all season. Middlesbrough have got a you know a fantastic squad, and then as you said, Louis, if uh, if Heckingbottom can get sort of that honeymoon period that most managers get, you know they could sort of shoot right up there. Um, but sort of on on the topic of the playoffs, and we were sort of chatting about this earlier, Louis and and myself were talking about this off air. The sort of the way the playoffs sort of shape up and uh, and the way it really sort of takes place almost, do you think it, it favours the team? Obviously, the team that finishes third have been, obviously, the third best team in the league. Do you think right. it favours more so that team or one of the teams, obviously, in fourth, fifth or sixth? What's your opinion on sort
2: of the way the playoffs are formatted and, and would you make any changes to them? Uh, so... Ah, it's a funny one because obviously, Wednesday, from my perspective, we've been in the playoffs the last two seasons. And the first se- season, we came sixth. So, for me, there was no issues with the playoff format uh, because we took that sixth spot and we managed to get to Wembley. And although we got beat, you know, it was fantastic for us finishing sixth. And we were kind of the dark horses who just missed out. Last season, we finished fourth. So, again, it worked in our favour. But I guess the playoffs, it's, for sh- its it must be so frustrating for the team who finished third. And I know in many cases, the team who finished third, um, they could have potentially just missed out by one point from second or even goal difference. So the only... I'm quite happy with how the playoff format is. It's, I mean, the playoffs are fantastic at the end of the season when you have four teams fighting for that one promotion spot. However, the only other way that I could they could change the format to make it even more fair is, I believe you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe at the minute the team obviously who finishes third place sixth and the fourth place fifth, and the right. team who finishes higher they play away from home first, is that correct? And then they play their correct. home leg last. Yes. I thought, would it be better if the team who finished higher, so the team who've pl- who finished third, play six, asking the team who finished third if they would prefer to play home or away first to give them the advantage and choose mm. which fixture would
3: they would like they that. prefer?
2: Um, I think that's and a great
3: as- idea, Louis.
2: Uh, it's the first time i thought about it, and then the team <laughs> who finish uh, fourth obviously chooses right whether they play home or away um, against the team who finish fifth. The other alternative would be for you to have a playoff with only three teams in it, so the team that finishes third goes straight to the Wembley final, and then you have the oh. f- team who finishes fourth and fifth playing a semi-final like a leg. Yes, so that's the only alternatives I could think of. Although I must admit I do like how the format is at present, I believe, though, it's the teams who finish third who come away most frustrated because in season by season has gone by, the team who's finished third haven't actually gone up. I think only one... Is it is it true that only one team since the playoffs in the championship have actually gone up who finished third, I believe? That's um, Yeah, so other than the suggestions I've made, like I say, I am quite happy with the format, but again, you know, I understand the frustrations of teams who came, who came third. So it'll be interesting to see what you're going to say, Russ, because obviously <laughs> you've been in and around the playoffs for the last few seasons also, and I expect you to be there again. So,
3: Well, it's interesting. And uh, I love your idea because I think your idea is a great solution. Give, give, the teams that come in third and fourth, the option. Maybe it's a team that wants to get off to uh, uh, an advantage that plays extremely well at home. Maybe they want to be home first. Maybe they want that advantage first to get up on a team if that's to their liking. I like that because I think that puts more control and gives a little favor to those teams that have earned it coming in at third and fourth. I like that. The buy thing's interesting though. You you, you threw me with the buy. Uh, I I do like that though, but I don't think that would ever fly. No, so,
2: I, I don't, if I'm honest. But it no. would just uh, quit. You no, know, it's an idea, interesting but.
3: idea. It's actually an interesting idea. It goes goes right to one way. I like that idea, but I think the the most practical idea is yours because that to me just puts more control and puts more weight on on coming in third and fourth.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with what you two have said, and it's almost as if Louis had looked at the notes that I had because that was exactly the <laughs> sort of the the point I was going to make. Where I think asking the teams that finish third or fourth potentially which way round they want to play their fixtures is is definitely sort of a good way to go. Obviously, depending on how they've you know their home and away form's been all season, and and which way the manager had prefer to sort of set up could be. You know a way of of benefiting the teams that have finished higher up in the league you know in case in sort of some cases the team that finishes third could be almost sort of fifteen twenty points ahead of of the team that finishes sixth for example, and you know then they go into the game and the team that finishes sixth can you know sneak it almost which <laughs> Not that it's ever happened to Preston but it's it must be sort of a gutting thing to to be that much better than someone over a season and then you go into sort of the playoffs which is you know as as everyone says, there's a lottery you know on a level playing field almost with no advantage to show for your hard work over the forty six games so I definitely think something like that choosing you know Homer away first is definitely a way to go and the other point that you made Louie you know same with as Russ said, threw me a little, I think that would be sort of interesting to see sort of how that would be received with obviously different clubs. And the only thing with it, obviously, the team that finishes sixth then would probably have a sort of an argument to say who, you know, in years gone by would then get into the playoffs but obviously miss out. So I think there's definitely a conversation to be had, you know, with regards to... As we said, maybe the sort of the team that finishes higher choosing which way around to play, or or something along those lines. And can I you know, can be... I just
2: mention, James, if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah. Um, while we're on this topic, obviously regarding promotion, I know it's been talked about like 21st and 22nd having a playoff for relegation. Also, do you think that is something what would be very intriguing, or do you think it's just best with three three getting relegated as it is now? Yeah, it's uh, it's quite
1: interesting that I saw someone uh, tweet about that earlier in the week. And obviously, watching as much Bundesliga as I do, they have sort of a similar system to that in in the league already. Where yeah, they do. Obviously, the team that finishes 17th and 18th both go down automatically. The team that finishes then 16th go into a playoff with the team that finished third in the the second division, which you know makes for a really sort of fascinating two-legged tie. And last season, it was Wolfsburg who were in it, you know, a massive club in Germany. And mm-hmm. it's really fascinating then to see. Obviously, I watched the that, by the
3: way. It was, it was very interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoy watching that. And I do think either the team in League One that finishes, you know, say third, for example, or huh. if we were going to restructure the playoffs, or as you said, Louis, the, the two teams that finish, you know, second or third bottom, or however way you wanted to do it with the teams going down and up, you know, I think that'd be you know fascinating to watch, and it would almost for the drama of it, I'd say be on a par with the playoffs. Maybe, oh, totally. maybe not sort of to the same extent where the playoffs should would be going up into the Premiership, relegation be down into League One. But I think even if there was, say, for example, going back to the restructuring of the playoffs, if they did that between the Premier League and and the Championships, so say for example, I don't know, Fulham finish third this season, and they end up playing. West Brom or someone like that who are sort of in and around the relegation zone over a two-legged tie. I think that'd be, you know, a great one. That'd be interesting
3: too. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Certainly. Yeah. See, see how that works. I think definitely, you know, it's, it's going the, the route these days of the footballs more becoming about sort of the entertainment value for, for people watching on TV. And I think definitely some of those examples that we gave, would you know, be fascinating sort of watches on TV. So it'd be interesting, you know, further down the line in however many years if they, you know, did look to restructure it sort of that way.
3: Um, You know what's interesting, James, is that the Bundesliga are really at the top of innovating their game, you know, innovating their league. They're trying to find ways to make it more interesting, not just this. Obviously with VAR, they're willing to take some chances.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, the, The amount of it I watch and sort of... Over the last couple of years, I found it sort of a better watch really than, than sort of watching like the Premier League. Um, for as you said, sort of the innovation that's there and, you know, the way they treat their fans compared to sort of over in England. And we were talking the other week about ticket prices in the league and, you know, while a club can charge sort of 40-odd quid or, or whatever it is in the championship, you know, the grounds are half full most of the time. Whereas, you know, in Germany, you get teams in the second division averaging fifty fifty five thousand 55,000 every weekend. And, you know, that can't just be down to sort of pure coincidence that their ticket prices are lower and then obviously their atmosphere is better. Can I ask you,
2: James, you know the second-tier... In the Bundesliga, um, equivalent yes. of the championship is, is the twenty teams in that league. I, I believe so. Yeah, let me pull it up because I've literally Cause only it, ever watched the the Bundesliga. There's only eighteen, isn't there? And I just, I thought, I just, I, I, I was just thinking regarding obviously the teams in the championship. There's twenty four, and I, I was just wondering if eventually you could see it going down to a twenty league, uh, twenty team league like the Premier League, um, and if that would put more emphasis on games and fans and, uh, like, the playoffs and relegation, um, essentially like the Premier League, basically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just looking now,
1: there's... Uh, the the third division in Germany has 20, the the second has 18 again, but, you know, as, as you said with your point, I think the amount of money that's floating around the leagues now, you know, potentially they could... And it is getting to the stage where the standard in the championship is, you know, a lot better than it was mm-hmm, even sort yeah. of five or six years ago. So maybe, yeah sort of taking the league down to sort of a 20 and then maybe even introducing, you know, like another league in the football league so you'd have sort of an extra league for those teams that are sort of in between because you get teams almost like Burton, you know, great success story and it's not me having a knock at them by any means, but they come up to the championship and them compared to, say, like an Aston Villa uh, or or a Wolves, for example, you know, they're light years apart in terms of... uh, uh, sort of grounds uh, mm-hmm. sort of facilities money so I think maybe adding yeah another league or something like that or taking it down to sort of a smaller league would you know help and then it, it helps teams like Burton then if they eventually do come up not been you know up against it for the whole season and basically every game for them almost been a sort of an FA Cup tie um, which is sort of how it sort of seems when they go to places like Aston Villa and that kind of thing Um but to move on, finally, obviously, uh, games next week. And I think we'll start with you first, Louis, because I believe you've got two. You've got an FA Cup replay as well. against We do. Swansea yeah. on I believe it's Tuesday night. Um, That's or right. It might be, yeah. Um, how do you see that game going, first of all? Do you think there'll be sort of changes made and, and focus will be firmly on the league? Or how do
2: you see that game going? And then obviously talk us through your game next weekend. Ah, uh, to be honest, I really don't know what our priority is at the minute. I mean, we've we've just suffered a couple of defeats this last week, uh, so we need to put a bit more emphasis on the league again. And when we drew nil nil with Swansea in the in, in the first game of of the cup, a draw was probably the worst result for both teams because obviously Swansea are fighting relegation in the Premier League, were in touching distance of being in a relegation fight, so. I really don't know. I, I was disappointed in the first leg, like, although I thought that we we just edged the game. And if any team did deserve the victory, it, it was Sheffield Wednesday. And although we drew nil nil, I was disappointed in the lineup because we didn't put our so-called better players out that were available on the day to, to go for the win. Even though we we did come away quite unlucky. So in this game, I don't think we're taking it too seriously. Um, if, if I'm completely honest, I think with it being a home leg, I reckon, obviously, it's Carvajal again, and we all know the issue with Carvajal. But I think with him being at home this time, he'll take it a little bit more seriously. Obviously, they've, they've just brought in Jordan au He was on the bench last time. I'd expect him to start up front, probably, with Tammy Abraham and us guys all know about Tammy Abram from last season, what he's capable of. Um, so if I'm honest, obviously I'd, I don't want to go out of the cup because there's a potential home tie with Tottenham if they were to beat Rochdale, which you would expect. But um, I think that we will get beat. If I were going to predict this result, I would say we were going to lose 2-0 Um and to be honest, the last time we beat a Premier League team, surprisingly, a little fact for you, in the FA Cup is when we actually beat Sheffield United back in '93 semi-final. So it's a hell of a long time since we've beat a Premier League team in the Cup. So, like I say, I'd love to go through to the next round and have a home tie, even if it was against Tottenham. And if we got beat in that game, I wouldn't mind. It'd be lovely to have a Premier League team at Hillsborough again in the quarter-final of the Cup. But... My expectations is that we will get B, anything other than that. If we were to win on penalties or in extra time, then happy days. Um, but the other game we've got on the Saturday in the league, again, it's a tough affair because we've got Bristol City um, uh, and, and it's an, an away tie. We've Ooh, can been...
3: you help us out, please? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. I mean, obviously... Um, Bristol City—they—they've been struggling of late, but so have we. Yeah. we we're getting—we're we're losing our, our drawing at the minute. So yeah, I'm hoping we can do you a favour, Russ, by obviously beating <laughs> Bristol City. Um, but with it being away, I, again, I, I'm going to. That's
3: a tough place to play, by the way.
2: Definitely. I mean, it's—it's it's Bristol City this season, a, a, a team I respect. I, I think yeah. the players that they've got, such as Flint and Bobby Reed, I would love them in my team. Um, but they haven't won in four games, and no. there's, and because of that reason, I've actually pre- predicted this game as, as a 1-1 draw. And there's no reason why we can't go over there and get a point, because I think since they went out against Man City in the semi-final of the cup, that they, um, they've probably lost a little bit of confidence in their league form, gone out the window slightly, even though they could potentially finish in the playoffs. But I'll predict a 1-1 draw with this one, and like you say, Russ, hopefully do Fulham a huge favour. <laughs> Thank just you. Just because I like you.
3: Well, I like you too, Louis. Thank you.
2: <laughs> and, yeah,
1: to move, to move on to you, Russ, obviously just the one game for Fulham. Yep. Uh, Tricky-looking tie Oh, very away at, away at Derby County. There's sort of looking at your fixtures, you have got quite a, a few difficult games coming yep. up, teams sort of in and around you. How do you see the game going and what would be your prediction for a score?
3: Oh, uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, Fulham have not played well recently at Pride Park, so I don't know. I mean, I'd like to say that, that uh, we should be favored to win this match, but I, I have much respect for Darby County, for Gary Rowett. I, I do. So I think that this could go on the lines of another draw. I could see Fulham getting something out of this. They drew with uh, Darby County at Craven Cottage, but it's funny because uh, we had a few players out there now They now have returned, so hopefully we can get a result. I wouldn't be shocked if we could win it. Again, all three potential scenarios are in play here, but it's not going to be easy for Fulham. If Fulham play the way they played against Wolves, they can beat Derby County on the road, but it's just not going to be easy. So I I will kind of go in the middle here, and I will say that they will – they will get a draw in this match, and that to me would be a decent result. If we want second, you know, I, again, I'm jumping ahead again. I'm being a hypocrite. If they really want second, you have to keep winning these matches. But I just think it's going to be very difficult. So I'm going to say Fulham can pull off a draw on the road against Derby County.
1: Yeah, I definitely think the way you've been playing, you've got sort of more than enough to, to give them a good game. And, you know, over the last few weeks, they have been sort of dropping points here and there so they have I think definitely you know there's there's something to be had from that game for you um, to go on to Preston's game obviously we're away at Bolton which you know a couple of weeks ago they were down at the foot of the table and I, I would have been more confident than I am now after having seen how badly we played yesterday it was probably our worst performance of the season yesterday which was bitterly disappointing considering a number of teams around us drop points and you know if we'd have won we'd be level on points with Bristol now for that last playoff spot but you know a bad result but we're still only three points outside and playing a team that, on paper if we want to get into the playoffs this is a game we should win um we've only had a few defeats this season and, and when we have it's almost given the team a lift then in training the next week you know to come out and prove a point and We've come out sort of the next game after a defeat and, you know, looked a completely different side and, and managed to win. More often, not so. Fingers crossed for that. Um, we're taking a lot of fans because it's only a short trip uh, from, obviously, Preston to Bolton. And it's our gentry day where everyone gets dressed up in suits and bowler hats and the idea is to remember sort of any Preston fans that have passed away in the previous year. So it's a great day out for the club and hopefully, you know, at the end of the day we're talking about a fantastic performance on the field rather than a disappointing performance and and another defeat. So if I was to go for a score prediction, I think we will have obviously a point to prove and I think we will have a little bit too much for Bolton who... Are getting away from sort of the relegation zone a little bit now. So they may take their eye off the boil, but you know, at the same time, they could be sort of razor focused to get another victory. So I'm going to predict that we'll scrape it maybe 1-0 or 2-1. I don't think it will be sort of a high scoring game, but I think, you know, the odd goal will win it. And hopefully we're on the right end of that. Um, but with that, we're out of time. If you guys want to let everyone know where they can reach
2: you and any projects that you're involved in, now would be a good time. Yeah, my name's Louis. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Louis shackshaft or visit my website, com. I regularly post Sheffield Wednesday statistics. You can follow the hashtag uh, SWFCStats on Twitter, uh, and I regularly do articles and blogging, uh, so you can view them on my website also.
3: Okay, my name is Russ Gong. I'm the host of Cottage Talk. You can follow me on Twitter at Russ underscore Goldman and also... At the Twitter account for the show, Cottage Talk, simply just Cottage Talk. So that's how you can reach me on both of my Twitter accounts.
1: Yeah, and as I said at the start, you can reach me on my Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I mainly tweet about Preston North End and German football as well. So definitely give me a follow. And you can follow our new Twitter page for the show, at Championship Pod, where there's weekly polls that go up. And obviously the link to each new episode will be posted on there as well. So definitely check that out. Um, cheers for joining me today, guys. It's always great sort of having you two on and the three of us. It, it always works well together. Um, so hopefully in the next few weeks we'll get you both on again, and you know hopefully Louis, we're talking about uh, a potential FA Cup quarter final for you and, and sort of singing Fulham's praises again, Russ. But I hope yeah, so.
0: Fingers crossed. Yeah,
1: and a, and a playoff place for Preston. Um, there you go. But yeah. Cheers for joining me, and we'll see you next time.